Daisy. Oopsie Daisy. What happens when you go to the bottom of the river and float like an astronaut? Now turn the... I was thinking, if we had the phone number in an image, there's been some good kind of stress like there's a lot of people all of a sudden that need you know pool and spa repairs like you know people are thinking about it and they're like oh man i want to improve stuff i need a new pump all these things and it's really exciting because of course it means that i have work and can make extra money and of course you know that's would be very helpful right now but it's funny because it's all at once and there's like oh what day are you gonna fit and still get everyone oh summer's coming yeah so what the work what's the work you know you gotta do stuff and and uh, I'm just trying to balance that and like not piss people off and just remember it's uh, you know I'm not gonna die mm. everything's okay and if I mess one thing up I'm not messing everything up you know Every, they're all individuals so right yeah so that's been on the mind been doing that I uh, of course everyone knows my wife is pregnant you know that's still going good we saw little flippers and then they did another ultrasound and there was like a Thank you. Yeah, there was some arm flappers and leg flappers and kind of a torso and a brain. Hmm. And it was 10 weeks old in the image. And, and the weeks. doctor was like, oh, that's a tall that's a tall 10-weeker. And I was like, yeah, I'm 6'2". It's like uh. putting a measuring tape up to the ultrasound. Yeah. They, she did. Did she? Actually did. She actually did that. She measured it. She's like, that's wow. a tall one. Well, it looks she like used a tall computers one, huh? to do it, you know. Was she like, looks like he might be good at basketball. Well, she got him signed far. up early. Well, she didn't go that far, but I was like, I played basketball. <laughs> Is it a tall boy? No, I'd be happy with any gender, just healthy. That's my goal. So yeah, thinking yeah. a lot about that. Cool. People are go. like, what's the what's the gender? Do you know? And it's like I do want to know. I'll be happy with whatever. Just come out, you know, regularly, even. I mean, are you gonna wait to find out, or are you no. gonna? We're gonna go in, figure and it go out. As give as me possible. the blood test. Yeah. What do we got here? Nowadays, super early, they will take a placenta sample and they will learn if there's anything wrong with the fetus really early. And some people have even gone like, well... What would you do? Well, yeah. They go like, well, if there's something like an extra 23rd chromosome, 24th, Down syndrome. Right. Some people elect to terminate and restart. Right. You know, it's like you got to really think about the l- everyone's life, their mm-hmm. life, other people's lives. And th- that's like that that's directly relates to the fact that I now have a freezer full of chickens that I murdered. And so there's right. like it relates. Th- it relates. And I'm like, whoa, you know, so I, I really don't know. I'm, of course, for women's right to choose. It's their bodies. I think it'd be cool if men had a say, but ultimately it's not my body. In terms of credibility and skin in the game, I men feel like have I should way twenty percent say less. I'll take twenty percent say something like that, fifteen. Yeah, but that's you know, if, if the yeah. consensus of women agrees on one certain then that's way it. that the law should be, I mean, that's fine. That's it. So they have. So yeah, I mean, of course, so far everything's great. I actually expect everything to be normal. I think the hard part will not be like something wrong with the child. The hard part will be raising the child. So that's really what I'm focusing on. I'm going like, all right, how do I try to prepare to like 
have a something that can't live on its own around me all the time. Right. For the rest of your life. Yeah. And like I literally need to support it in every way for 20 years and then probably more after that. Thus my life, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So. Yeah, that's tough. It, it's just a new family member. It's it just, crazy. I get a I get a, you know, a sibling that is happens to be lower than me in the hierarchy of rules or something. Like it's my duty to build barriers and encourage, you know, flourishment. And I've been thinking a lot about that. Mm. That's been on my mind. Um, how did the chicken murdering go? It was intense. We I got out a bunch like like a serial killer. I put plastic all over a table outside, and I really <laughs> was a serial a serially killed one at a time in order. I pulled the guts out. Oh, I did I? I did the whole thing, the whole thing. Pulled the whole guts out. They were like going burp a few minutes before. Did um, <sighs> just with a butcher knife. Uh, we well we did a huge amount of research, and the first thing we did was it's most humane. Hang them upside down. Slit the neck, they bleed out, pass out, die gently, almost no pain. And then I watched somebody take a hatchet to a bird's head, similarly, but just a hatchet to a block, and it seemed way faster. There was less dripping and splashing. In the first one, we I got blood all over me, like all over my legs, all over the floor, all over Rebecca. And I was like, oh, my God. I did it right. I did what the video said, but it's just not a preferred method. Hmm. So I know some people are grossed out right now. I know some of the audiences are vegans, and I applaud your veganness. I just, I'm not vegan, and I feel like it would be cool if I stepped up to the plate if I'm not going to be vegan. Right. Skin in the game. Skin in the game. So I, I, the second You eat two, meat, but you're also preparing it, raising it. I'm raising it, I'm caring it for it, I'm killing it, packaging it, cooking it all myself. And it's like, well, so. fuck. You can't. It's hard to complain with me because I'm circumventing right. The main argument vegans have, which I agree with, that is factory farming is a nightmare. Mm. It's a nightmare. Whole thing. Yes. So doing doing things to not do that. Thinking about being a dad. Um, I'm finally riding my bike again. We had a lovely freaking bike ride pre-show today. That, was, that cool. was awesome. Climbing the mountains. Yeah, basically, uh, I don't know, a few miles uphill. It's like four. A few miles downhill. It's like you go down. It's a big bowl. You go down it and then up it, then down it, then up it. And that's basically what that ride is. And DPW cleaned up that roadkill pretty quick. I didn't see it on the way back. Oh, yeah? Huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. I got up to 39.7 miles an hour. I was jamming. I would be good (laughs) at downhill racing. I would be good at that because of my massive size. 39. Yeah. It's going fast. It was really fun. So that feels good. Doing that at least once a week. We're going to be setting up a Bike Order Warriors trip soon. Of course, last episode, you guys found out what the Bike Order Warriors were. Um, yeah. So my check-in. I Well, I'm just going to say I have a little bit of a garden update, but that's okay. not part of my check-in. So uh, I am going to say there's my check-in. Garden you, update separate? It's separate, yeah. I want to keep that as a separate entity. Checked in. That's cool. That's part of our check-in. Yeah. You can just leave that there. It'll be fine. Seriously, it's safest there. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll check in. Yeah. Please do. So, yeah, my stepdad passed away. That's the big news. Uh, (sighs) Man. 
I don't know how much I want to talk about it. Yeah, fair enough. It's kind of like just rather concentrate on doing this and having fun and hanging out with my buddies. Yep. But uh, he was suffering for a while. He went in for heart surgery in December. Yeah. And the the surgery went okay, I guess. But it was like everything else kind of fell apart after the surgery. Kidneys. Like he couldn't, uh, he could barely talk. He had a food tube. He had the dialysis. So it was it wasn't pleasant ex- existence to be in. And uh, so they decided to just take him off all the support systems, life support systems. Mm. And uh, they thought he would last like a week or something, but he lasted like a day because mm. he was so damaged. So, yeah, it's pretty morbid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mixed feelings, but it's it's pretty sad. I mean, it's human life. So much, like, history up in the old noggin yeah. is just gone. Yeah. That's very sad. I hear that. But also life goes on. Mm-hmm. So best way to to honor the dead is to maximize life, I guess. Is there anything we could honor him with now? Something like something to say? I don't have anything ready. Yeah. But uh, he did write a lot of poetry, mm. and I think at some point I'll bring some of that in. That would be a cool thing to do. Yeah. That's cool. Poetry and some visual art stuff, too. Okay. Collage. He was very into collage. Uh... So yeah, that's that was the major thing. Uh you had a birthday, that was fun camping. Yeah. Um we recorded in the studio. Yeah. Another band recorded in the You've studio. You've been talking about that for a while. So this place Light Rail, which is in San Francisco, near uh Maternal Heights. I mean Bernal Heights. Yo. And it's sort of we had sort of a we had hello hello there we go we had sort of a connection there so discount thing might be happening that's cool uh, but it was very cool we sort of piggybacked the drummer our drummer was uh, doing recording other stuff for another band mm-hmm. and. He suggested they just leave his drums set up and we just go in so there wouldn't be any drum set up. Drums would already be there, set up, mic'd. So that cut our time down. So we did five songs in two days. Didn't finish, finish, but we got pretty much everything for those five songs. That's great. Well, not everything, but like the basics. You know, we didn't, there's still some overdubs to be done and mixing mastering but all the rhythm parts are done let's talk about how, i mean how does it feel to have that finally in the can it feels pretty good it was uh i didn't know what to expect so i think i was a little nervous going into the studio yeah 
but everyone's like completely relaxed huh. and you know no one's like no one's like complaining about your base or you know or like freaking out or yelling oh you something. don't have you don't have you, you have shitty pickups or something you know uh but that's yeah. the old way of thinking i don't really think like that yeah since last week so it was completely great they have a great big uh like main performance room super high ceiling it's probably like mm-hmm. 40 feet well and uh there's a picture oh, here let me see if i can do this That's the drum set up in the big room. Can we swipe? Can we have another? That's that's all I got on all this right, cool. on right this on. baby. But uh, <coughs> so that was, yeah. I mean, that's it was fun. It's like the most fun in the world. Just sit there and there. I think it's that microphone. Sit, sit there and track. Yeah, uh, it's a blast, and we, you know, we did most things in like two takes. Few, really? were few were one take. Wow. The main thing we just get the drums and the bass down, mm-hmm. and it was a testament, I think, to him and I, he and I, that we just fucking knocked it out, and uh, I got a lot of compliments, so that was nice. Uh, it's good to feel that support. Yeah. And yeah, I can play a song actually if you want to hear. Let's fucking do but it. But this yeah. is that's basically my check-in. Okay. Well, really positive experiences and really negative. Experiences. Let me just say thank you. Thanks for listening. Well, I appreciate you sharing the hard stuff and the good stuff too. So this one is called Friends Like These. And here's an R.E.M. and we thought 
gonna be it's gonna be a fade out at the end dude um friends like these by orville wow that sounded really good really professional <laughs> doesn't it sound good super clear and those drums sound the tom it's like the toms like you're, they're uh, really good it's a good sound fucking great i know fuck yeah yeah thanks man so, so thanks. Cool. That's my first sounds good. Do you have a sounds good? Do you want you know, to take a call? Let's um let's take the call and then I have a sounds good. We have a caller. Do we, we have a caller? Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Hello? 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 Hey, is this Claire? Hey. Yes, it is. Hey, um, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing pretty good. I mean, I'm, oh, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I'm happy. Good to hear from you. Cool. And it sounds like things are good in your life. It's awesome. Yes. How are you, and did you enjoy the song? Yes, I did. I I did. I actually was out. I would have run home, but I'm actually in my car. Um, I like went to my car like here. Your 
like listen to some of your podcasts and like drive home. Huh, cool. We got some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you on a mountaintop or underwater? She's underwater, I think. I think she's underwater. Well, I hope she calls back. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, well, well. You have a garden update, you said? Yeah. Well, let's do the garden update. All right. So. You heard some of it about the chicken death, but uh, first, here's this. Oh, I see what's happening. Let's see. Hello? Hey. Connection's not that great. Uh, okay. Could you? Do you want me to call, call you back in a little bit? Or yeah, call us call back. Call you on the other number? Call us back in a little bit on the other number. Okay, because I um I will be I'm gonna drive home and I I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Okay. I will call anyhow. Okay. Okay. Bye. Have a great podcast. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thank you. Cool. Well, that was interesting. She's like traveling. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think we're call free for now. You can. What are we gonna? Well, we just did the garden update. It was happening simultaneously as that phone call. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice. Uh, the video? Uh-huh. So, yeah, we've got... I don't... Oh. He- hello? <laughs> the debt collector? <laughs> yeah, so I was just showing some baby bunnies. They're, they've actually grown okay. since then. Um, the bunnies are now hopping out of the nest and running around a little bit. And they are... Frickin' cute. Do you, um... You haven't killed any bunnies yet. No, I haven't killed any bunnies yet. But I see some cute bunnies that I think that is the inevitability. They're gonna go in the freezer. It's like, but they get a whole safe, fun life. Hmm. Up to, like, full grown. And then they have one bad, like, second. It's true. Ten, maybe ten seconds, not even. It's like half a second. Boop. Mm. All of a sudden, they're being held. Next second, they're dead. I guess it is pretty quick. There's no build up or anything. There's no, I'm not gonna like scare them a bunch and then burn them a little and then kill. You know, it's not. Mm. You just separate the head from the spinal <laughs> column real quickly and then it's it's over. I guess you could make this. I think that the same argument was made uh, for the guillotine, the French Revolution. Yeah, that it, it was, was the most humane. humane. Then they used to just hack at people with yeah. swords. And I was like, whoa. And then it's like morphine. Just to use morphine. Oh, they were hammered a lot, too. Then you can be pleasant. You can have a good experience and die at the same time. <clears throat> okay. Nice. So the phone number is on the screen. If you are currently watching this live and I want to chime in on our topics... The phone number is now available on the screen. Go ahead and call right in to that phone number. Phone number is 510-859-4173. Also, if you're listening to this podcast in the future, you can call now and leave a voicemail. And we will uh, get your message. And uh, if we find it funny or interesting, we will consider uh, sharing it live on the show here. Like, say, for example, if you acted out a play or maybe spoke on a, a current event 
and a funny voice or something like that. I mean, you know, combinations are endless. Also, we accept uh, video. If you've done a funny thing and want to share it with the podcast for Empathy Nation, you just go to YouTube.com and you put it on the comments of this video. Cool. So, it's time for The Other Sounds Good. That's what time, time it is. Time for The Other Sounds Good? That's what time it is. So, this I made on my phone in about three hours on Wednesday. I then edited it for about 30 minutes last night. Hmm. All on the phone. This is pre-lyrics. I'm proud of it. I feel pretty good about it. And uh, let's let's listen and maybe, I don't know, see what, we, uh, what happens.
<laughs> nice. There we go. I like it. That song is called The Old Truth by yours truly. Thank you. Yeah, man. That was a blast to write. That was fun. Thinking about lyrics. Don't really have any yet. I'll let you guys know when I do, but I you know, wanted to share that. And uh, yeah, it's like, it sounds good, you know? It sounds great. Doesn't it, though? Down from I where mean, I am, down here. Where Where are you? Where are you, Albrecht? I'm down in this artisanal well. Just wanted to say good job on the... Sounds good. Do Does the... Are the bricks artisanal? Everything is artisanal down at the bottom of this well. So can you see the future of artisanalness down there? I think I got to keep digging... Uh, I'm not supposed to be talking to you, but I gotta keep digging, and we'll find some more artisanal water. Wow! If I lower a pail down to you, can you can I bring some up? Oh, hey man, oh. I'm right I'm right here. Oh, he's back. Yeah, I crawled up real quick. Uh, thank you. Wow, that's cool. But the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right on. Um. Okay, let me do... You know what it's time for? It's time for our science update. Thank gosh. Okay. Now, let me... If any of these pique your interest, let me know. I got Plato up on the screen right now, so yeah. Sweet. Can artificial intelligence help find alien intelligence? Fuck yeah. Huh? Absolutely. Searching for exoplanets using AI algorithms, new search techniques. You know, if we had like a, a Hubble telescope version 2.0 and it could like move around and it has it's ai controlled so it can get the optimal position always mm -hmm. and like it's constantly doing doing things optimizing its uh you know its views that would be pretty cool um also i heard this uh, th a rumor of uh some crypto company bragging that they had launched like a server like a crypto node server on a satellite on like a chinese satellite and it's in space yeah i think it might be bullshit but it's still a cool idea to think about having like servers in space because then they can't be fucked with or what's the benefit they can't be fucked with and they're running on solar way power. harder to fuck with them like legit solar power yeah they could run on solar power just unfiltered solar power no atmosphere to get in the way and if they're in a static or stationary um you know orbit then they would only get at certain hours but if they had certain orbits they could be in the sun like most of the time yeah and you could have like a network of them um i'm ready for that that would be pretty science. cool yeah what Sounds about like beaming internet everywhere is that like is that happening or that's happening like, why don't we have I that feel now? We are running a shredded. Well, in terms of the what cable. the like developed countries' internet, ours is definitely the worst. Yeah, I Romania's think South Korea is, is, is like. <laughs> Romania has like fiber optic internet, and Google has something something. Uh, I forget what it's called. Something Fi. Google Fi. And is it like a hundred times the speed, or a I forget what the exact times? speed is. Fuck. It might be gig gigabit. 
So like you could download like you could download a DVD, which is four gigs in four seconds. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I'm down with that. I mean, transferring to server would just be it'd be <laughs> instantaneous. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay. All right. Lisa Observatory, L-I-S-A Observatory, might be able to detect dozens of Milky Way binaries. Uh, and Lisa stands for the Laser Inferometer Space Antenna, which will be launched in outer space in about 15 years. 15? Yeah. But I guess it'll be looking for other Milky Way type galaxies. Well, uh, uh, that's going to be a long time before it can do that. 15 years seems like an, a long time. But wait, wait. It's going to go to look at other galaxies, but this galaxy is freaking huge. I mean, aren't we... No, it's gonna just going to be floating around near Earth, but it's going to be looking for other galaxies. It's not going to be going to other galaxies. Okay. Well, it says here that they're listening for aliens with the Carolyn Porco. Carolyn Porco? Repeat. Yeah. Huh. Thousands of black holes are discovered in the center of our Milky Way. Really? Yep. Thousands? Yep. Why not millions? Like, right. what? They used to, I guess, that doesn't seem like news to me, but I guess they thought it was one giant one in the middle. But it's of but black it's holes? Thousands. How do they not suck each other in? You're supposed they to probably be the do. science guy here. They probably do. Okay, so they're just fighting to be the most black. I mean, holiest. just wars of wars of gravity, gravity wars, and then they That's just what's are combining all the time, right? combining and fucking so then with there'll each be other. two, and then there'll be one. I mean, there's no escape. You can't escape black. God, hole. everything in the universe will eventually be a black hole. I guess it almost seems like, and all all heat yeah. will dissipate. So, you know. All heat sources will die out, and all heat will dissipate. Having a universe is such a strange reality. That's called the heat death of the universe. There's yeah. no more heat anywhere. <sighs> How are you going to generate heat if there's no heat anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> you got to have it somewhere. You got to have firewood or maybe like beans. You can have hard farting or something. Like Yeah. I just, you know, when I go camping and I'm out in the woods and I'm thinking about the, the eventual heat death of the universe... I'm just so grateful that I've got that solar energy stored in that wood, those trees, you know, yeah. photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see, it just feels like that's going to keep going on forever. It just feels like it, but it really fucking isn't. Well, if Elon Musk is doing what I think he's doing, he's setting us up for terraforming or at least exploring Mars in a more aggressive way. Uh, so it's a boring company. Residing on Mars. And then you have a brick-making company and an AI company and a power wall making company. Yeah. Those that's like the infrastructure for colonies. Uh huh. For, for like life. Yeah, for setting up life somewhere else. All all Tesla needs now or excuse me, not Tesla, Elon. All he needs is like a food product automated food production warehouses. Yeah, like an automated like a power wall, but it's food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like a self contained Food creator tool. Like vending machine that just never mm -hmm. runs out. Mm -hmm. Like a replicator, basically. Yeah. Solar but you'd need to put you need to replenish like its raw materials or whatever it uses. I think it could collect rain and solar power 
I think it could be its own greenhouse, and I, I think it could could plant weed and harvest water everything, and I think it could do that pretty easily with or without soil. Either way is fine. How much would you need per person? Per person, per human. Each human, like a room like this big. Yeah, it would need probably one. Yeah, one of these w- could sustain a human. And it's all, all fucking automated. You have like the aquaponics, solar. Probably a ch- two chickens, rain gathering two chickens. Mm-hmm. Like definitely fish. Uh, Green. soil on the top. No, you'd go s- like greenhouse glass. Yeah, grease gra- grease house. I would do a grease house. <laughs> grease house. You have to oil it every so often, but that's fine. You have to have John Travolta on the door. <laughs> that's fine. Picture of him. Um, I think what they would do really is they would they would design community or family size. I think they would do the individual size. Now that's sort of they sort of have that. It would be the most wasteful. Would be the individual size. It would be like yeah. or the least efficient. It, yeah, least efficient. The family size, like. Like the five person one, you know, yeah, like would probably be the most it's generating like baby food mm-hmm. and like booze for the adults. Yeah, there's like a grain or a robo brew attached to brews beer for robo you. brew. Should yeah. talk about that. Oh yeah, we should give them that. a plug. They should. Su- well, they that, should sponsor us. Well, that fits in the science update. Please, I have a science thing I just got as a gift. This is definitely the largest, most prolific gift I've ever gotten from my mom. And I'm very grateful. And uh, it was just great. You know, I just turned 35. As Aubrey said, we had a really fun camping trip. And, uh, yeah, my mom got me a Robo Brew third generation. This sweet baby is version three frozen. Really? Yeah, let's, you know. All right, let's start a new. Is it going to catch? Yeah, broadcasting here. Um, or, or whatever, and just hoping they splash how you think they will. And so I get to follow a supervisor around next week. That's going to be interesting. Okay. Uh, a lot of more. Um, they're, they're diplomats. It's super they early, right? Super early oh, yeah. in the morning. It's like, oh, my God, o'clock. Yeah. Getting up when it's still <laughs> dark. Like 3.45 a.m. is the most horrible time to be awake. Yeah, I agree. If you're up at 4 in the morning, it's like, what happened? Either you're up too <laughs> late or you're up too early. For me, you know, you, a good reason. 3.45. You hear so many early. stories of people, writer, writers and artists, who say that they get up super early and they do their best work at that time. Like before the sun comes up? Yeah. Like 4 to you know we need brains like that i think yep. that there's it's a good spread just like in flight attendants they were amers and they were pmers yeah yep. and i was a pmer it's weird oh, yeah. how just i don't know evolution or mutations our circadian rhythms are different mm-hmm. yeah Spread but i think out. you can also train them i mean i think it's a just like anything you can train it <laughs> it's a thought yeah it's you a want thought some, change you, you want you want somebody who wants to stay up by the fire and make sure it's just basically cool like you want somebody to want to do that on their right. own. I wonder how much of it's genetic. Right. The hunter gatherers, you know, the big the big guys, maybe evolve different instincts than the smaller guys. I, I definitely know. think my size has part to do with how my brain works. If that's what you're saying, you. I was speculating. Mm. I don't. I'm just I, speculating. I feel like those traits are 
probably independent in the stream and mm. I've met big people who were you know tender-hearted and calm and I've met big people who were maniacs and I've that's met scary big but there are like lineages of like big people and lineages of shorter people that's true so maybe they have different qualities over on average there would be something to say that there could be some you know I don't know right? I'm just throwing it out there that's interesting I don't know yeah, yeah. Science could tell. I us mean, in the cave, I would probably be like a shaman or a, you know, I wouldn't be one of the runners, or maybe I'd be a lookout or something. No, you would be a great runner, actually. A lookout or like a scout. There's a hell of yeah, a lot of scout. gathering to do. Scout, dude, you'd be the scout. I would. You'd probably be like be the guy for with the power spear. forward or yeah. something. I would have probably hold the spear and run in front. You guys would both like be out on the step murdering things, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'd be like, "This no. is the one you here, murder. This one, yeah. Okay, my job's done." <laughs> So there's a hell of a lot of gathering that has to go on too. Gathering, Mostly gathering. Yeah. Gathering's yeah. not like, oh, you walk along and at a gentle pace, you just pick up big, bright, colorful fruit, big pumpkins, just strolling you know, through the savannah, squash. Yes. No, it's still you gotta like get past all those crazy other animals who are bigger and stronger and faster and all that, and can well, smell you in the dark and everything. You know, the we, titans are mighty. We had that two thousand so year period where our brains doubled in size once we figured out stone tools so that we could cut up meat right. and eat it. And imagine we could do that again. Oh. And what what is oh. what is the difference? The difference is just uh, again, it's just a difference of way the way we think about things that we already have. We need a new tool to double our brains. <coughs> so a new a new enlightenment, a new upgrade of thought. Um, a new game to play that you have to get smart to play. And it's really fun and really great. Right. And so you want to, and you need to, you realize you need to. Once you're on the journey, you can't turn back. Think about Alien Invasion and how that would bring the, the world community together. Mm -hmm. I think that works either direction. I, I think that either folks coming here or us going truly somewhere else would force us to behave and think in new yeah. ways. Yeah. Now, granted, if they show up here, it's going to be a lot more like uh, watch and learn on our part, I think. <laughs> uh, well, actually, either way. Like, we go mm. pilgriming to Mars. We're going to have to, like, uh, learn how it is on Mars instead because that's how you survive. And yeah. octopi yeah. are aliens. And dolphins yeah. are aliens and blue whales are aliens. Like, right. we got to learn how to communicate with those MFs. Yeah. And that's practice. Dolphins. Those are aliens. We're, aliens are going to be like octopus, but cr crazier. Like it, you, it's like yeah. you just got to know they're here. Yeah. Well, they're here. Imagine if you had all the the abilities of life on Earth. You could just combine all the most kick-ass abilities. So oh you my could, god! So you could fly, but you had eight arms, and you could go underwater, and you could see nine <coughs> colors. And you spectrums. could you could change your uh, you could camouflage yourself, and you could light up different appendages, like a firefly. Yeah. Right. Um, like your vision poison. is like compound, but also mm -hmm. color binocular. You could switch it from be, binocular be to other other modes. Stealthy shape shifting. You can yeah. look like a wall. You can look like a pile of coral. And that's just what we can think about on Earth. And then silverback. So if there's strength. some some alien life, could be even more crazy oh, yeah. than that. Silverback gorilla strength with a oh. Oh, yeah. of like shrimp power punch. Oh yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, the, yeah. And yeah. the water boils next to his yeah. fucking claw. It creates like a plasma storm tiny yeah. little one. Yeah. It's insane. I uh. heard the fastest thing is uh in nature is a, a mushroom spore ejection. Oh, I've heard that really? too. Yeah, yeah. That's the fastest move. It the has fastest this full, moving. It like has this coiling action that when it lets go, it is the fastest thing in nature. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know the number, but freaking mushrooms, man. Wow. If I had the number, it would have been a better story. That's right. That's like when I realized that breaks the sound barrier or something, you know. Wow. It's pretty fast. I should look it up while yeah, you guys look chat. Look, yeah. So, did you complete your check-in so, as you check okay, it in? Yeah, know. like I tend to philosophize. So that's good. My check-in uh you know, works intense but interesting. Uh figuring out how to conquer logistical and social problems to get equitable service to people mm-hmm. is actually pretty I- pretty tough one, especially in a thorny political environment. It's just complicated because people's needs are complicated. Uh, what they want is complicated, not always the same. And it is interesting to be working on ecology, literally, uh, working on helping a city adapt its life patterns through <laughs> through reward and punishment <laughs> into uh, throwing more stuff in the green can and the blue can and less <coughs> in the I have to pay a bunch for it can. You know? The brown can. It's like, I, think we're, I hope we're switching to gray. Uh, to be more discouraging? They're getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, they're getting smaller and smaller. That's a thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, glad to be playing with both my bands again. Or yeah. Two, cool. My two live bands. Uh, so that's nice. We had a kind of a hiatus for a while for uh, for personal reasons of band members and business and all kinds of things. I saw the Hasbins last night. Oh, yeah, I know. Them. I saw. You, I knew oh, you were there. There's a very loud popping that just yeah. happened. That was um, just is ignore that avoidable. It. Nope. It hurts. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, okay. It'll. Well, it sometimes it doesn't happen, but the audience can't hear it. <sighs> well, audience, if you did, you'd be like, "What the t- fuck?" Okay. It's just supposed to zap you every so often to okay, keep okay. thinking about stuff. All right. Oh, right. It's to help me empathize. We can turn your <laughs> headphones down, too. I'm okay. Uh, well, okay. Maybe down a little. But yeah, it's something in the, in the... I don't think it goes to tape, and it doesn't go to the video. It's just something in the, in the Some power. Some loop, dude. This, right. this studio is Pulling alive. down a lot of juice. It's alive. So I saw the has last night, and they Fuck totally yeah. killed it over at Winners. It was great. Uh, Chris Enos is, ho- is hilarious. They're both hilarious, really. Yeah. But it's like Jeremiah Tennis is... Uh, verbally hilarious and chris because jeremiah took mike away from him he's like no you say two stupid things you cannot talk no your talking is done and so chris turned to pantomime and so he has very like a physical comedy going on behind jeremiah's verbal comedy that's with his uh, insanely fast run with the very fast they're like, much faster than they used to be yeah i saw the video like he is lightning punk rock it's like as fast as punk gets well it's fucking fast yeah yeah uh, it's a, uh, it's really consistent too. Like it's got way better endurance. Uh, basically, probably from playing all those shows, they play a ton now. Yeah, yeah. So it was really fun. That's it was cool. fun to catch up with people. Yeah. Uh, saw Amanda and Carson and other folks out there. Um, yeah, that was a fun night. Yeah, okay, that's good for my check-in. Right on. Okay. Well, thank you. Checked in. Yeah. Thanks for checking in to Gradient Studios. 25 meters per second with the Spore launch. 25 meters per second? Yep. Whoa. From 2 to 25 meters per second. So that's the upper limit, 25 meters per second. It's fast. That's faster than a cheetah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Way faster. So if you had a race between a cheetah and a mushroom spore... You would have to pin the, 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 uh, the blue metal on the mushroom spores yeah. around the mushroom spores neck. The color crab, his uh, or hers, spike punch. There's two types. There's the stabby kind and there's the fucking punch kind. I thought that was even way faster than that, which I might now it's have to It's probably on this list. 
Yeah. yeah. I'll maybe have to research that. I've the seen strike that punch. too. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I think that's faster than 25 meters per second. I think it's like a one light speed per second. Like I think. No, 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 no,
where the center of gravity is in between them. So they're constantly revolving around this, this center point, you know, on an axis. And we have all just kinds staring of staring at each other like on a merry-go-round. Just <laughs> <laughs> not, neither of them are rotating. So it's always the same side facing. Wow. Yeah. They're locked in this in this embrace. Apparently, binary Pretty systems awesome. are really common in the universe. Stars and galaxies, all kinds of objects have binary systems. Right. Twins. Right. Um, we were just talking about the Lisa on our science update. The Lisa probe or whatever is going to look for binary Milky Ways. Are there Spiral binary Milky? Yeah, where well, there's like two, two nuclei. Cores, yeah. You know, but are they the Milky Way like up. galaxies that do that? And then is it two Milky Way-like galaxies? I think yeah, ours is actually uncommon, just a straight-up spiral Milky Way. I thought it was like suburbia. We were basically suburbia. Well, on the in the on the Orion arm, yes. Yeah, we're on a kick-ass part of the arm of the octopus of the spiral galaxy, and the then within are. that part, we're in another Goldilocks zone. You know, just within our. We're, we're in a very now. great place situated even when you zoom out to the maximum level here's a simulation (laughs) okay all right all right all right right. here's a fun one about galaxies and i thought this was this okay this is a story that comes to me from chris van zanten so shout out to chris van zanten it's a lovely story ideas it's uh it's heartwarming and it goes like this if you're a star in a spiral galaxy and you're on an arm the, the life at the core around the great center is a different thing but if you're out on the core if you're sorry, excuse me if you're out on the arm if you're on the periphery mm-hmm. um if you live out there like we do uh and you're a star what happens is a bunch of complexity like there's a bunch of local gravity a bunch of local drama and traffic and it sort of like throws your path all kinds of weird directions and slows it up hmm. but eventually you spill out the front and when you spill out the front of the arm an interesting thing happens. It could have it could have happened for any kind of pool ball hits the you know pool cue ball hits the other ball reason, but if you spill out the front in the big empty between the arms in the right. disc, right, the great center begins to pull at you and it pulls faster and faster and you start to rotate around the center much faster than you did in the arm. And you pick up more and more and more speed, feeling the great center of the thing, Hmm. until you crash into the next arm and get all caught up in the local drama and slow down and form relationships and all that. But at the same time, that impact knocks somebody else free. Right. On the front edge, it is kind of a zero-sum game in the sense that there's only so much gravity and and, oh, like, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. the way he would the way he would talk about that is he'd say like that's that's like people, you know, we need time alone to feel the power of the great center, to get in touch with deeper things, and then we need to come back and work with people and get all caught up in the in the interestingness and the particularness of things. Yes, and help other people break free. And all that, yeah. Because it nice. feels like that it feels like once positivity. we get to space, yep. it feels like once we get to space, we'll, we will be in the cusp of having of solving or having already having have have solved those uh, mental prisons, <coughs> broken out of those mental prisons, thinking about things in a new way when we get to a new world. You know, 
<clears throat> yeah, and people rise to the occasion. Like they, right, we talked about, it. they grow in the presence of challenge, and you can't have too much challenge because it kills them and makes them crazy. But, you know, less than that. Yeah. <laughs> the right kind of challenges, right? Such as you would grow well from. Non uh, lethal. And also just ones that take the human character into consideration, like good missions for humans mm. um, that humans could grow into. And then we kind of get going rather than waiting for us to solve all our stuff, all our problems before we go adventuring. That's not how we do it. Mm. We go adventuring and then realize what our problems are and try to solve them. Yeah, like they weren't trying to solve England or, you know, Spain before they wanted to find the Americas. No, you know, they couldn't. They were like, <laughs> they we just got to go there now. They tried. You got to fix <laughs> democracy before we discover democracy. Yeah. We before must we purify the, the church before we learn to read. No, That's no, the same fine. reason it would be cool if we went to Mars now. Well, we just learn on the fly. Yeah. Let's go. Well, I mean... Getting there is learning. That's the thing. So they're they're getting ready to get there. Yeah. And that's they're doing it. I mean, it's, it's happening. It's going to get more exciting as it goes. What I'm really interested in is if there's a way to make it as broad an inclusive and inclusive an activity as possible, it'll have the widest world effect. Like, got to get everybody in on the mission. Yeah, we need a new narrative where we're not locked into the studio. Look at this. This guy. <laughs> What's going on over there, Aubrey? Yeah, we locked yeah, in. Oh, wow. That's cool. Hey. Oh, wow. So it's really windy here it's today. It's like a teenage lock-in. Here, like, you can see the window. There's, like, a lot of fluttering. You can sort of... Kablam, kablam. You know? Are we stuck in here? I mean... Oh, he got it. Okay, cool. Right cool. So, so, uh, I don't know. What do you, so host, where are we going next? So, you know, I've been listening to a lot of history based podcasts and I've learned a lot of exciting things from, uh, you know, you over the years with your history degree and all. And, uh, it's been fun to learn more detail about like really cool stuff and really terrible stuff and and I, th I think in general just like thinking about the past and in multiple ways is a good way to spend some time to do that so yeah I, would I, agree. I uh it's like and when I think about forward thinking into the future I think like there would be if one was looking for an amount there would be like a percentage in a day Per person would spend like say for example be listening to a history based lesson of some type or exploring documents themselves yeah or whatever it is yeah, yeah however they learn best yeah. could be um i, I a three three-dimensional video okay. series here's the deal it's like to, to me okay uh the basic process of being a historian is inescapable just like being a mathematician and being a linguist are in our society inescapable. You, they, you have to be involved in language. You have to rationally assess the world through your own personal system, but it ends up being a mathematics one way or another hmm. of assessing quantity and estimating processes and such, right? Mm -hmm. So histories like that, and then the basic, considering the past is one of the things that makes us conscious. It's one of the things that makes our consciousness that's part of to that of a goldfish. Yeah, that's sort of why I can remember like our, our friendship over the years 
and all the things, and then that in, that like posits how I act now. Yeah, but it's sort of imaginary. It is. Thanks for bringing it up. The past is in fact imaginary. Oh, yeah, and this is an important thing to remember. Like oh, this is part of the new golden age. Here. Yeah, it is an idea, and so the degree to which it helps us out and makes us wise, great. Right, that thing happened, and I learned from it, and now I'm a better person. The degree to that's which the value of the past. It drags me down, and tells me there can be no hope. Then uh, it is a useless it's delusion. It's my mind. It's but my mind tricking me. It was only ever an idea. And history is good at telling us about corners, dead ends. So we should. I think it's good to notice the but dead ends we've illuminated, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and go like, "Hey, but open ends too." Sometimes the dead ends aren't fully dead ends. There's lots of open ends in history. That's you know? the really fascinating. So it's really stuff. like a substrate. Because history doesn't repeat. That's history why. is sort of a substrate. You act sort of between People. the thinking of what the past was and how you act now. And there's so little history. Like my experience of the historic educational thing that was happening to me at school, at public history school. History class, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, sorry like about I remember that. at high school I had a U.S. history class. I literally don't remember anything that person said to me. I don't know any of the things. I remember the name of the class, well, and be. I knew that we, I would do pranks on him when he wasn't looking. Right. And that's what happened. <laughs> you know, it, and he yeah, got so mad one time. I think the problem time, wasn't the subject matter. Now, the problem is the delivery. It's like you think about... Also, the then some of the delivery shouldn't be in delivery at all, but instead, like inviting the the person into participation in considering the thing. So, studying, learning history from someone else is never as cool as studying it yourself, because studying it yourself is a much wider umbrella that takes in learning from lots of people, but it also takes your unique perspective. And yeah, so you like get a historian to sliding a, scale. You just shine a different light on a thing. Yeah. I think history should be taught. Definitely, I think we should learn history. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't think it should be. We should use it as a predictor. Right. It can't be. It can't be used <laughs> as, a, as a predictor model. No, it works <laughs> as a, like a bumper. Like it works as like a don't do this, but it doesn't work on the do this. Exactly. Yeah, it does, man. It, it Okay. But the thing is, you guys are looking at it in a very literal, like, uh, I would say derivative, like, uh, pr like you do this now kind of way. And it's history's not like that. History is expanding your experience to include the experience of others. Well, the, his the history of people, I mean, people stay the same. People are pretty much the same. But history changes. There's no precedent for where we are right now in history. Some would argue Western civilization is the precedent. Right. Well, maybe you know, the maybe the cusp of the Enlightenment. And and is a, cool but it's a metaphor. But it's a metaphor. It doesn't mean, you know. I'm not literally walking around with a with a jerkin on and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So the the environment and the context will always be different. Right? Oh shit. Yeah. Well, so the study of history is Hello? 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 <laughs> so many Hello? Noises. Hello. Hello. Oh shit, yeah, turn that baby down. Can you turn your uh Volume down? You're on three? Me? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you. Are you on channel, okay. is he on channel three? Yeah. Okay. 
I turned it down. <laughs> okay. So you have to turn, yeah, you I don't know why it's so damn yeah, loud. Hold on. So Could you just, just do us a favor and make a small, quiet, just go, hey, so we can just sort of like get the, the levels right? <laughs> also, thanks for calling in. Here, we can turn it down on our end. Turn down the headphones. Yeah. Are you there? Can you hear or, me? Or, or, or I don't. I don't have to call you. Well, you're here right now. <laughs> okay. Welcome. There's like a gate on the audio, but uh, welcome to yeah. the show. What's your question? Okay. Do you have any feedback on history? Well, I know you you studied history, didn't you? Yeah, I was a history major as well. <laughs> and um, well, um, no, I just. I just liked what you guys were talking about, and um, I thought it was really interesting what you guys said about like the delivery of history. Uh. Um, the only thing is calling. I missed the last couple minutes of what you were talking about. So uh, we were ca- um, about to get into get into it uh, about whether history repeats and what that means, and how much of that is literal, how much of that is a is a metaphor, and how useful uh, that metaphor is. Yeah, well, I think um, I think one of the things is maybe hit, it's not so much that history repeats; it's sometimes our reaction to an event, a similar event, is what repeats. The nature of people's responses, human yeah. nature. Well, yeah. hello. So I think that. Yeah. By the way, how is the audio? Because last time it's great. Yeah, it's you're so way better. It's pretty good. Okay. So, um, Keep going. All right. I just want to make sure. Because last time you guys called me. Yeah. And I was very unprepared. <laughs> well, are you? And well, that's I'm definitely something we do. <laughs> you need to always be ready for empathy and imagination yeah. to enter your life. Because you never know when it's going to have to okay, come I, up. I, you know? and I was not ready on that telegram <laughs> app thing. That was not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so anyways, I think <laughs> no that history doesn't repeat it. Okay, so I studied history, but I've also been working in behavioral health. Right. So I feel like behavioral health has changed the way I think about history. Okay. And I love history because I feel like it gives me a reference on being a human. And I think what Evan said about it being imaginary, it's like this is a story. It's true. It's like this is a story we tell ourselves. We're just... We're never existing in the past. We're just telling a story, a narrative. Right. And how we tell it. Yeah. Is um. So, yeah. So what you were talking about, I thought that was really fascinating. Like, I totally agree. And I was very interested in if you did want to talk about the delivery of, like, I think behavioral health taught me that what we think of as teaching in schools doesn't really happen. So... But, um, I think Evan. Could, yeah, I, 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 I think Evan could speak to that for sure, because being a history cool. teacher. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, please. But but I do think what you said about history repeating. I think our reactions to similar events, like we're as a human race, we're conditioned to react in similar ways to similar events. Right. Hum- yes. Human nature seems Studying like it repeats history. in re- in reactions. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you yeah. know that's and not history that- repeating. Well, okay, so the thing is, here's the thing. There's certain parts of history that are very repeatable, such as, like, um, hit the history of vinegar and baking soda is powerfully predictive. Hmm. Powerfully. Right, right. Well, All the okay. times of hit vinegar and As baking soda. As a factual soda, record. They just, 
sure, make it sure, really sure. clear what's going to go on sure, with sure. vinegar and baking soda. As a factual record of, yeah. of events. It's great. Yeah, it's very that's more science, though. So it's just to say that the history that, of science. that part of the record, that part of our historical record is really great, highly predictive. I agree. And other parts of our historical record, which are deeply fascinating, are murkier. The sort of stuff Shakespeare would write about right. is seductive as hell, and you no. need to be thinking about it, but yeah. it's also murky and spooky, and it's unclear who to believe. Yeah. <laughs> I, definitely don't wanna, I definitely don't want to destroy the past. I want to keep the past. Because so yeah, one, one of Hitler's dreams. projects was to destroy the past yeah. through yep. destroying cultural a artifacts. Conquerors do that. So, in in that sense, I want to preserve the the personages and the stories of history, uh, but not make it a template for a mental prison that we that we say, oh well, this this guy has a weird mustache, so he must be Hitler. You know that kind of mm. naive reading of history. That's what I'm against. Yeah, yeah there's I mean, a lot of that. You know what I mean? But the delivery yeah, in the news logical, and stuff. It's a logical fallacy. Yes, indeed. The delivery of history that I experienced in public school was was so terrible that I did everything I could to block it out and just get the least least possible effort at the last possible moment. And uh, I know that Evan has taught history history in a way that students have been very engaged. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some of the differences in history teachers who teach and kids are engaged? Who that question to? You. To me. Okay. First of all, you got to pitch it as like applied psychology. You got to pitch it as we're learning about people and how they are. We're we're learning from a different vantage point. We're learning by what they said about themselves and each other. We're learning for what we can learn about them looking at physical objects and these various sources. So this is a very important thing because we can have all kinds of theories about the world, but they're only as good as they're good. And history will show us how well those theories went in practice. Right. And that's very important. It is and like a, like a laboratory environment for ideological experiments. Yep. And it's literally how it went, not how it should have gone. Uh, and so that's really informative, I think to our other types of study that we do mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it keeps us grounded keeps ethics from becoming fanatical religion Hmm. keeps uh keeps conversation from becoming politics you know like Hmm. helps keep us grounded does it keep fanatical religion from being fanatical like does it does it bring Uh, that down to the level of of stories like everything's just a story people outside your bubble it'll start doing things to the whole right i mean everything's just a story yeah, it's it's. I've watched a lot of people in the history program go from uh, very cloistered, including myself. Of course, I thought I was like free already, as one does all the time before enlightenment smacks you in the head, and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a beautiful process, like uh, realizing that people across time have been intrepid explorers of their environment, yeah. and it's actually really easy to relate to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. A bunch, bunch of the delivery stuff, like people make a big deal of stepping in between people and other people and telling a story, and that's great mm-hmm. if they're good storytellers. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's one of the yeah. oldest arts, storytelling. It's, it is the oldest. Someone once said we, we, uh, we talk in stories and we think in poems. It's pretty accurate. Huh. 
but you do sort of tell yourself stories. You have you, you have your own personal history in your brain, and you use it. A lot of people use it as a predictor, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not good at that because I did it one yeah. time. I tried to drop in on the half pipe, but I ate ate some curb. You know, first time I drove a car, I couldn't do it. So I'm clearly I'm not good at it. Yeah. And you know, our our models can be limiting. Yeah, like totally. I had I had plenty of I in the nineties I had, you know my sometimes my mom would try to send me to doctors to have them like make me stop saying disruptive things, or you know, like psychiatrists. <laughs> yeah, psychiatrists and stuff, and and I would describe my situation to them and they go like, well it's impossible because you're not depressed because you sleep too much and you eat too much and according to this DSM four list you're supposed to sleep right, less right. and eat less here's so the, it doesn't actually matter in. any of your experiential data uh, I go to this place on the four square chart so no and then you know right, 10 years right. later they're like oh actually sleeping disruptions and eating See, disruptions that's the thing it could go either way you know <laughs> yeah. should automate those psychiatrists out of existence that's what i would say we're it's halfway just, there it's like oh you just needed to know wh- how much i slept and how much i ate and then i was depressed and then you just looked at a chart <laughs> yeah Your fucking computer Claire, could do that, that question yeah. what five what seconds be the last thing to be automated in that profession that's a weird one. Did you ask her? Hey, Claire. Yes, yes. What I do you? Th- I'm listening to you guys, but I can kind. I. It's a little hard to hear you guys on my end. I have a question for you. That's unfortunate. Yeah. What do you think will be the last thing to be automated in this profession? In in what in a psychology or history? Uh, I kind of mean both, I guess. The last thing to be automated? Yeah. Ugh, ah, wow. Um, hmm. <coughs> I think teaching history. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I really care. Ooh, okay. There we go. Well, like I don't know. I think. I, I mean, I guess I don't. I don't want human interactions to be automated. I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe with so what, what are those necessary human interactions like like psychotherapy? I think more um, a necessary human interaction is I think we're learning that human interactions are really important. I think well I, okay, so like taking a potted plant out of the garden when it comes so to you what, realize what when it, it comes, needs. yeah well like what okay, so I think. Well, like teaching, for example. I mean, teaching is really, it's important. As Like, you know, we were talking about being in, kids being engaged. And I think a lot of it, if you want to go back to psychology, it's being motivated. You know, ideally motivated um, intrinsically, or at least motivated intrinsically, um, extrinsically to learn. And I think a good teacher can do that. And build a connection, a personal connection with the students, like each student, so that they want to learn the information, and it, you know, it relates to their lives, which I think Evan was Evan was talking yeah, about. Yeah, that said before. very well. That's a very good and answer. So, yeah, that's a good so one. So I don't think, so I don't think that. I mean, one of the things I was I was just listening to a podcast about learning, and they were talking about you know, from a psychological. Um, standpoint and you know like a lecture isn't teaching 
Assigning homework isn't teaching. Studying for a test isn't teaching. Taking a test, that's not teaching. None of that is teaching. Mm -hmm. And what we really need to get back to is teaching. And teaching, and so it's like to teach, you know, you have to be someone, you have to make an environment where your students are motivated. And I don't think you can automate that. And I think with, you know, psychology, I think right now the problem is, is like, you know, Evan was saying that he went in and they were like, oh, well, the DSM, I can never, like, whatever, edition five. They're on five now, but I mean, that's, that's yeah. probably four when you it's were. It's four at the time. It's just hilarious. Yeah, so it's like, I, I think we're getting to the point where we label everything, and that's just like, that's the label's useful to describe something, but it's like, you know, like, a person is having their own symptoms, and those are real. Hmm. And just because it doesn't fit into, like, a label that somebody else, like, a little description that somebody else wrote. Classification. doesn't matter. You know, you should go to a therapist and that they should treat you. So it's like, I think that actually, like, being automated, we will get more of that if we automate that. We will get more of, like, you know, you know, just imagine going to a self-checkout instead of a doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, doctors are not great, but I mean. You can already do that. It's like. Hey, I have this weird mole. Yeah. Send your doctor a picture. He says, nothing to worry about. Done. You don't have to go in. You don't have to see the doctor. You don't have to wait in the waiting room. Yeah. It's a transaction that takes 10 minutes. But maybe if it was something that was more serious, you would want the human interaction. You saw that biopod where it's you can just like stand in this thing and it'll scan your body and tell you what's wrong. But what if they make mistakes or what if? It's yeah. not programmed. And what sure. if they can't sure. do anything about what they find? So right. it's like technology is only as good as the programmers. And usually, yeah. as we know, people are, are predictable in their stupidity. So that's why technology is never. It's never fully baked. There, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the software is complete. Perfection is an illusion that exists in the human mind, anyways. Right. There's always going to be a glitch in the simulation, and that's how we know it's a simulation. That's the glitch we got to look out for. And I think it's through that glitch that we get to the other uh, uploads, the other downloads. Like the the Enlightenment, I think, was a, a, a breaking out of a mental prison. There have been many such moments. Many such that, moments. You're a history guy. You know more yeah, better than I do. I think that, honestly, I think that Enlightenment is is what human beings do. It's the full flowering of the human mind. Like, And I, I guess I would feel I'm in, in most mystical traditions in that sense. Like Seems like the point, yeah. It's it's birds learn to fly, and human beings become wise. They just do it. They take a long time to do it. It's never done. Work is never done. Flying's never done either. Funny thing, right? Now, if you're flying, you got to keep on flapping. It doesn't. It's, true. It, it's never over. Got to keep on thinking, everybody. <laughs> so keep on thinking. Uh, keep on thinking. Too. But Always yeah, people injecting. people become wise over time, and we help each other in it in so many ways. Totally. It wouldn't be without community and other people that you get. You wouldn't have. You would have no wisdom if you didn't have people to bounce yep. things off of and learn from, right? Humanity's best chance at sanity is together. How wise is the is mm-hmm. the solitary, you know, the hermit? The thing is, it's like it's like that's like being the star. Maybe he's just crazy. Of the, outside <laughs> of the arm, right? Like you. Right. It's. I have found some incredible truths out in the darkness that I could have never found in the town. It's true. Out in the wilds, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you got to go back. Got to go back. 
and you got to figure out how to how to bring that back. What and really that's counts. And, and that's like what you just described is basically the story that we keep hearing about over and over again throughout history in religions, religious texts, and in fiction, everything. Right? You got to go to the underworld, take the prize, come back. You have to come return home with the wisdom that you got. Yeah, it's, and the thing is that you've changed now that you've come home. Yeah, cha- yeah, yeah. You're not the same person. Changed too, like Hamlet, Odysseus, yeah, Jesus, Bill Burr. Does he feel? Bill Burr. I don't, I don't know Bill if Burr this the is Hobbit. too hippie-ish for you, but um, I used to feel like I still feel like it's just like the the sort of the resounding backbeat behind history was like oh. Look at them remember their one family. Oh, look at them forget. Mm. Oh, look at them remember. Oh, look at them forget. Over and over and over. All kinds of other things happened. Rifts were played and many things were made and unmade. But I kept seeing them get it, lose it, get it, lose it, get it, lose it, get it, lose it. And Mm. I realized that's part of them. They're supposed to be individualists and communal. At the same time, you don't get to choose. Right. (laughs) Could you randomize like, okay, hey, welcome to seventh uh, seventh grade history. Um, if you guys want to learn a specific history of a specific culture, let me know. If not, here's this this uh, chart, and you'll just roll a die, and we'll randomly determine a, a culture that you'll study. That's cool, right? So the people who want to study a certain culture could, and the people who are just like I people learn who a don't new know, thing. yeah, just get a random Let's read about a new something. Thing. Yeah, you know there's a. Uh, there needs to be a good dose of that but there's also another thing too which is like it's good if you're the master to put the apprentice through kinds of breadth they wouldn't usually do right. you want to give them stuff they want and you want to give them stuff they wouldn't have chosen but man it'll make them broader thinkers it'll it'll make them fast to listen slow to judge and that's great and so and it's a lot of times those weird cor- like sometimes I take classes I don't know if you feel this way, uh, but sometimes I take classes because I knew I was going to knock it out of the park. I was like, oh, man, I love this. Mm. Um, and then sometimes I take classes because I had no clue what was going on. And that was great. <laughs> and I got to just be a baby waking up in a strange world. Yeah. Um, it's like foreign language classes. Hmm. Yeah. I went into uh, I, I I like signed up for intermediate German. I thought, OK, it's just I've taken some German. But then uh, then I sat down in the class and this class started and everything was in German. And I was like, fuck, I'm in the wrong <laughs> class. Ich nicht understood. Ich so I had to raise I had to raise my hand and say, I think I'm in the wrong class. And Oops. Yeah. Yeah. It was happens. embarrassing. Claire, have you ever been in the wrong class? Oh yeah, totally. Totally been in the wrong class. But I was thinking this week about one of the right classes I was in. I was thinking about my old history teacher who was um, the uncle of one of the Beastie Boys. He was one of the best teachers I've had. And I remember he taught us the word sabotage, like where that originates from, which I thought was funny. Then a couple years later, the Beastie Boys sabotage song. um, Right came out well it was but a yeah, sensation when it came in the wrong out. class <laughs> what is it oh i just saying that that song was such a sensation when it came out i know and it's just funny that like there was like a little history i'm trying to remember what the history was of the, the word of the meaning of the word 
Yeah. Um, What's the etymology so like of that the, word? Like I don't know. Shoe. Yeah, there was it's something the... like okay, okay. I just uh, it was, had to do with the shoe. So yeah, um, the, the people had. Okay, oh, this... I get it. Hang on. I, I found it. Okay. Oh, okay. Word history in French: the word sabot refers to a wooden work shoe. Naturally, walking around in such shoes can be noisy. So the verb saboteur was formed and used to mean to clatter with sabots. The form <laughs> from this verb, the French derives the word sabotage, meaning the making of sabots. And so I'm. I don't huh. know. There's more to it. I'll, they they revolted, so um, just, and they threw their shoes in the machines and were like, that's sabotage, uh, motherfucker. Yeah. That's what it was. Throw those wooden that, shoes that, yeah, in the machine. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh. So he taught me that. Ça, he, he, he taught me that story, and then a couple years later, I heard the, the song Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. So it's like Ad-Rock's uncle told me the story, and I totally bet. Like, I just want to know, like, did he tell that story to, like, his nephews? Right. Oops. Right. Probably did. And yep. then... Either way, it's evidence of the simulation, so... I, I disagree, but... Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's coincident. Quinky dink. Good answer. Well, wow. I guess... I guess... Oh, man. Yeah, that is cool. That's a really nasty story. Mr. I had... My history teachers were Mr. Heenan, Mr. Lewis... Uh, and Mr. So he named Mr. Lewis, Mr. O'Brien. O'Brien? Yeah. Chief O'Brien? No. And, yeah, I don't really... I was always more interested in science than, than history. You didn't pay attention in the history class? I remember class? more science teachers than history teachers of mine. I would think because they made it more participatory. Yeah, like dissecting frogs and shit. Or like, you know, you it. do this thing, see what happens, and tell me. Like, that's, we're going right. to, and. Write uh, down the numbers, and, yeah. You'd be the disco- you get to be the discoverer a bit. You have to have, like, a lot of imagination. So I, I did have, I had a cooler history teacher in high school as well. Um, his name was Mr. Scourge. Seriously. Scourge? Scourge. And we called him Mr. Discourage, you know. Because it was like he was barely alive on he was taking several it's funny now because I'm sure he's still fine, but at the time he was also fine. And he was like we called him stay alive pills. He was like taking all these pills all the time. Of course it's not really funny. But he made light of it and so we joked about it. He had like a strong mustache and he sounded exactly like this. His voice was exactly like this. Whoa, that's intense. Like, and he he's like a little furious. He'd been shot several times, and um, he was very anti government and very like Republicans, like, sort of culture guy. Like, he lived on a ranch like with his wife, and yeah, all that. And he commuted like an hour and a half to teach us, but he was like barely alive. And he huh? would say stuff about how the U.S. government, he called the United Snakes of America. <laughs> and he would tell us about how bad it was. And we were like, well, yeah. Wow. But he would say it through the curriculum. He would like wink and oh, I tell a story around what George Washington. Had. Yeah. You know, he did his best and uh, he was cool. Nice. He also taught Spanish, which he knew pretty well. 
but uh, I got A's for <laughs> writing Forco on a plastic container of utensils and turning it in as homework. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had a, it was a <laughs> good relationship. Nice. <laughs> That's terrible. That's great. I'm sorry. It's just good. Yeah. Claire, any high school teachers or, or grammar school teachers of history stand out in your memory? Well, well, that was Mr. Schreider. That was Adrock's uncle. I also had um, Mr. Kirkcaldy, who was my AP Euro teacher. He's great. Um, just a good teacher. And then I did have, and this is kind of a sad story, I had Mr. Ozas, who was my English teacher, and he was a gr- really great poet. Did he know it? Oh, what happened? Uh-oh. Call has ended. Call has ended. We're still going live, though. <laughs> Sorry we lost you there. Well, want to hear the sad story? There's the phone numbers on the screen there. You what happened? Call there? it right now. It's 510-859-4173. You can call in right now. We're live. Also, listening later, you can call in. Hi, this is Claire. I'm not available right now. Happening. You can leave a voicemail. Well... Well, well, hey, she'll come I out. wait with bated breath yeah. to hear the sad story. She's going to be calling, I'm sure. So, in the meantime... Way, it was nice to hear from her. Yeah. It's nice to share stories of our own. Mm-hmm. It's true. Krishna, uh, my friend Krishna Sham, <laughs> his father was our sci- uh, biology teacher in like eighth grade. Mr. Sham. <laughs> Indian dude. That's and, cool. Uh, he'd always say the word structure in a funny way. But uh, I remember, you know, dissecting frogs and stuff. It's pretty fun, right? You got to draw a little diagram of, like, what's in there and mm. write down stuff. And I don't know. It's fun. Hey. And the test tube. Hello? Hey. Hi. Um, well, I don't want to monopolize your show by being on it too long. but No, it's nice that um, you're, when you're listening in, participating sort of with us, it's nice. No, yeah, that's, so that's, don't feel okay. like you're monopolizing. And we're all waiting on bated breath to hear about the story of the sad this teacher. Is, this is a good story. Well, it's good. It's kind of, okay. So I have this teacher. He really sat down with me and explained, like, how to write, like, technically how to write. And it made a huge difference, and I won an award at the end of the year and a little scholarship towards college for writing. And in my life, I'm not a great, like, it's not na- it doesn't come naturally to me, but I've been... Like, I just at work was just told that I wrote something that was really great, and I just did a presentation, and it's been, like, spread, like, people have asked if I would share it with them so that they could read it on their own. So, um, so he made a big impact, and then I went to school, and I graduated, and I was teaching a little bit in an after-school program, and I was, like, working at a tea house in the mornings, and one morning he walked in. And, you know, I was living in, like, Cambridge at the time, so I was just surprised to see him. So I said, you know, I was like, hey, Mr. Oza. You know, I hadn't seen him in four years. And he and his wife, um, you know, said hi to me. And he said, I'm really sorry, but I don't remember you. Oh, man. Uh, He's like, I had a heart attack, and I lost my short-term and long-term memory. 
Damn, that's a and lot. And so he has this thing, and he, he actually ended up, he was, he's on Scientific American Frontiers with Alan Alda to do a show about him. So he had this just, one of the effects of the heart attack was losing the short-term and long-term memory. And so he has to be with his wife at all times. Damn, and, what memories um, left? Yeah, intermediary memory, is that all there just is? Just a momentary memory? Yeah. Just so it's like momentary, present. and then you know, a few a minute later, he doesn't remember. So like he and he still writes poetry, but it's all god damn. Like it's really interesting. I can I'll send you guys a link to that show. Cause, like, and he was just such a great guy, and he like he also and he shared. I think, but he, I think he knows he knows what he's heard the story enough. I feel like there's some things that are still right. there. It's got to be a haunt. It's got to be haunting. What happened to him? It's like fifty first dates, but every couple of minutes. Haunt is it has to haunt you when you're like, yeah, I don't yeah. remember. Sorry, and you just keep hearing these yeah. stories. And you're like, but the one thing he asked sorry. me, he asked me to tell him about. He's like, he's like, was I a good teacher? And I almost like broke my heart, and I was like, yes. And then you know, I told him, you know, how great he was. Like he used to be part of a poets group in um, like kind of the South Coast in Massachusetts. Um, south near shore. Bridgewater, Bridgewater. South coast. It was, yeah. it was south, not South Shore, South Coast, like right. Bridgewater, South Bedford. Shore, Bridgewater. All right. Yeah, the armpit there. Yeah, so that's that's South Coast. Okay, so um, what? Hey. But anyways, he was part. He used to like we used to read poems from local um, poets, and there was this one poem I read that was so amazing, and I can't find it anywhere because it's just like some guy that wrote it in you know New Bedford or something, or like. Moby Dick was written or whatever, and but anyways, he's a great teacher. He, I, because of him, I learned how to write. I got a scholarship to college, hmm. and I told him how you know important he was to me. And then like he totally forgot everything I said. And right, right. I gave it to. You. <laughs> At least you got to tell That's, him. You know, yeah, for for however yeah. long he he cherished that that story that memory. Yeah. So. Damn. Wow. Cool story. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah. Thank you, Claire. Oh, dude. Did you hear our science update about galaxies and black holes? Yes, I did. I, you know, I don't understand all of that. I did like the, the question about whether a planetoid, like, why is a planetoid, why is a planet better than a planetoid? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay to just be who you are. Yep. You might be a planetoid or right. a planet. At a regular just orbit. Be what you are. But be what you are. a label. You can be cool. You can have a whole village on an asteroid. You know? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A small moon. These uh, are just words. These are just labels that we have. Right. They don't really, you know. Labels correspond to their abstractions of, or thought is an abstraction of a word. Every word is a metaphor. So the new enlightenment, the new golden age is we break down those metaphors and we release ourselves from the predictive prison of the past. Ooh, I like we that. cherish the stories of the past, but we come up with new models of the future. Yeah, and operate on them. Yes. Execute. Yeah, all, that's like always what we're doing. Right? Trying to use the past but not be captured by Trying it. to think better. Dream of a good future, one that we could get to, one that's worth going to, and we could get to both. Well, Claire, yeah. you know, I hello. really hello. You know, I I also want to be conscious of your time. 
And uh, yes. I'm really grateful for you calling in. I really love your stories. You're uh, funny they were and good. cool. I so love it when you call in. I hope you please keep calling in. That would be my preference. Okay. Also, so I, I will call in. Yeah. And I was going to say. We'll let you return to talking to Evan, and I wish you all a good week. And, you. you know, um, yeah, and, and I want to hear more. I don't know what this new golden age is, so I, as an audience member. Okay. Well, I, I want to be educated, too. Yeah, I maybe Aubrey has to tell us about the golden age. Well, the, the new golden age, uh, and this isn't all my idea, of course not. Uh, there's a lot of um, other thinkers. But uh, just changing the way, realizing that a lot of the problems that we have are problems in thinking, not problems in technology or infrastructure or logistics. The technology's there, the food's there, everything's there. We just have to think in new ways about problems that we once thought were intractable, and we'll come up with a simple solution. I agree. That's the golden age. That and I hope everyone here... Like Everyone listening can uh, get on board with that because it's only going to make everyone's lives better. Yeah. Don't disavow right. the past. We don't throw away what we've learned. We, we just think about new ways of asking questions like, well, is it uh, that we want to – should did everyone having access to clean food as a human right? Mm -hmm. How does that sound? Just that. And then I think, I think the resources are there. I think the technology is there. It's just – thinking about doing it and doing it if that's what we agree i agree idea. i think that i think people would most people agree clean food for all people is probably a good idea i felt like i don't know if you have you guys seen the new avengers movie yet no i haven't seen it yet hey don't spoil oh, me. man oh man i can't even talk about i've only heard good i mean i've heard mixed I've heard, I've heard mostly, positive. Things, yeah, mostly positive mostly positive i haven't seen it yet so don't you so know. i'm, I'm not so gonna, out of the loop with I'm this not, shit though okay i'm not gonna give away the ending or how it goes down but it's like I will say, you know, that the villain Thanos is a very uncreative person. Okay. <laughs> like seriously, it's one of those, it's one of those uh, hell bent for destruction kind of character developments where yeah. it's like if you were to really think that through a little farther, you could do way cooler stuff than. Yeah. He, he wants to. He's like, oh man, the universe doesn't have enough resources for all these beings, so we're just gonna kill half of all beings and then like good to go. I, I get that. And the thing is, like, I'm right so, there with okay, you. No way. So okay, so he does. He gets. He's like, okay, I have to get all of the infinity stones, and then once I get all the magic stones, then I can just do it. Thing is, by the time you become God, you should do something more responsible and kill everyone. You should like, you know, half of people get to your job and like make a universe that works better. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get creative. Oh, you could just make enough resources for everyone. Oh my God, because you because you're right. God, right? So like, why are you why are you settling for this? Uh, you could be you could be praised. You could be praised okay. instead of condemned. Yeah, you could be praised for all the right reasons. You know. Better to be, uh, what is it? What's the phrase? Better to be, better to rule in heaven than to. Uh, I don't know how that one works, but it was yeah. probably a good uh, phrase at some it, point. It's sort of like, I give me. Like I'm 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 definitely like, give me a boring. If the hero is boring, that's fine. Give me a boring hero. Give me an interesting villain. No, I want the villain to be interesting, because I want to. If I'm really gonna hate this guy, yeah. You know, there's got to be some meat there. It can't just be, oh, uh, his dad was killed, and so he's going to get revenge. Yeah. 
That's every movie now, and it's it's like, come on, this is Dazzle's kill. Give me some, give Dazzle. me some interesting villains. So it's, uh, yeah, I think uh, some would say that the the Jesus alchemist would say that the hero and the villain there, are shadows of each other, and that the story cannot right, be right. told the without, the, the without yeah. those two snakes duking it out. Yes, and that these are the uh, the hero is wrong is and the, hero's the villain journey. is wrong, yeah. but it's how they right, right. interpret it that shows their true colors. They both get right and wrong in the process of the, the epic. Yeah. The beauty of Hamlet is that he he is his own villain. He has like other pretend yep. villains, but they're yep. paper tigers. Oh, Polonius, yeah. Claudius, uh, they're all just Ophelia. They're just like uh, mirages. Hamlet, Hamlet is Hamlet's villain, for sure. Yeah, his his own relationship to himself is is the villain in the story. And I'm not sure he's even a hero because he's both. Right. And that's his whole thing is pulling the conflict into himself. Yeah. Trying to be the whole spectrum. Trying to be his father and the new world. Trying to be all of it. And Falstaff is the other mega Shakespearean character who's basically a ribald. Uh, he just wants to have fun the whole time. He's, he's totally at peace in his own consciousness. And his own relationship to like thinking and you know experience. Hamlet is restless in those same relationships. Hmm. Do we got more? We get more galaxy talk or another sounds good. Yeah, I have another sounds Ooh, good. Let's yeah, let's do his other sounds good, and uh, maybe a word from our sponsor. Oh yeah, I need to make some new commercials. Uh, all right, let's try this one.
It's my sweet short life that's for sale I confess Focals are loud. To repress my nature string thanks thanks for listening <sighs> and re- the vocals are very present in that one mm-hmm. but the bass sounded pretty good you know you get a feel for it that's not even mixed it's just raw bounced tracks 
Right. Yeah, as that's, it goes. That's this show gets the pre stuff. That's that's, that's right. you get when you're on the show. You get the early stuff. That's the first anyone's ever heard this. Just live. I so didn't even hear it when I played it. <laughs> <laughs> Who did we just hear? Uh that's my other band, Orville. And we were just in the studio Monday and Tuesday of last week. And Is that, that the was name one though? of the songs that we did. Okay. Good. Good. Freaking giant electric spider. No. Just Orville. That's that's simple. Fine. Yeah. And on point. And yeah, so we did that in the studio. It's obviously not done yet, but it's pretty close. It's like eighty five percent done. And right on. Yeah, thanks for listening. Oh, hey. There's that pop again. Yeah. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. Not the pop, but the, the pop. <laughs> right. The pop. <laughs> now <laughs> we're <laughs> from our sponsors. Okay. If we, yep. if our sponsors are, in, are you there? Hello. Oh. Okay. Hey, Mom, what's for dinner? Well, I was thinking of making some gelled meat casserole. But we had that for breakfast. Well, how about a nice big stack of salt pancakes with melted gummy bear sauce? But we had that for lunch today at school. Okay. Honey, how about a couple of bowls of mayonnaise ice cream? Cool. All right. Yippee. Can I have the poison ivy flavored ice cream? You sure can. And dirt fudge. Yep. Oh, mom. Yep. Food's the best. Food's the best when it comes from Final Corp. Yeah, help us slide mayonnaise onto food. Final Corp. It'll yes, be fine. Yes, indeed. Thank you. I feel like others have worked on that front already. Helping uh, us slide sliding mayonnaise on the food? Sneaking mayonnaise into my food. That's Sneak. definitely <laughs> help something. Sneak mayonnaise well, into buns. Final Corp. Well, well, to I mean, one world. of their slogans is help us slide mayonnaise onto food. That's right. <laughs> help us slide mayonnaise onto food. Oh, so filthy. That's one of their slogans. <laughs> yeah, really that's good. the slogan. Yeah. They also they have these uh, these new buns. It's like a you know hamburger bun, and then mayonnaise on the bottom, but it's protected with like a like a sheet. You know, like a like a when you get like a pad of like rice butter paper or something, and there's like rice paper there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, it's already mayonnaise up. You just pull off <laughs> it's the a thing, and then <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. it's like installing new toner. Yeah. But mayonnaise <laughs> and for your buns. Burger. Right on. Yes. That makes sense. It's like <laughs> pre-mayonnaised. Pre-mayonnaised. I bet the bread's Ooh. probably a little moister than usual. God. Eventually, it might kind of become more of a liquid state. Probably the bread would become. I think. Does does the CIA know about mayonnaise torture yet? They like just they are already implementing it. Mayonnaise is by definition a public torture <laughs> right. for information. Right. Just that, talking about all, it long enough. That's what it is. It's talking about like, it long enough. Oh my a, god, it's the, the worst food ever. Subject. Okay, I just have to say it for all the sane people out there. Most people, I feel, dislike mayonnaise. Or at least the ones who are correct. There are a lot of it's a it's a what everyone loves. It's mayonnaise. a very divisive no topic. It's a divisive Either people topic. love it or they hate it. Oh my god! It's the worst food that other people have ever tried to convince me. Like, no, no, no! It's food. You should try it in this. You should try it in that. Like, I mean, you know, I've had other gross stuff, but nothing as ubiquitous and as horrible. It it, it does. Mayonnaise is an essential food. It's mayonnaise. almost like theoretically, it's disgusting. Well, it's, it's basic practice, elements. Practically, oh. it's it's like fine. It's unifying. No. It's salads. It's sandwiches. It's it's, but when you think about the recipe, it's all oh, kinds it's, of things. It's back to front bag. Mayonnaise is a universal helper of all things. It is my favorite condiment. Well, it's a lubricant for sure. It's a lubricant of all types of foods, and it's a substrate yeah, for amazing flavors. So, like, 
like roasted garlic, garlic mayonnaise, roasted garlic. for example, something I personally like. Uh, Final Corp doesn't do that. They do have barrel-aged imperial mayonnaise, which is, of course, available in oak or in cherry so cask. Like so huh. blackish, brownish, rot substance. Well, I think of it as barrel-aged. So yeah, it's, it's very rich. dark. It's a dark brown, and That's it is fine. thicker. Okay, right. I yeah. it's thicker. There's it's the chunks? L- it does ferment in the process a little bit. Not so a lot, just a little. It'll fight you, though. It's, it's fighting like you. the fudge. No, it's probiotic. The, the fudge just of mayonnaise. Barely. Yeah. And it's t- it, t- it kind of tastes like uh, Kentucky bourbon. Except for it being mayonnaise. That would be right. actually pretty tasty on the burger. Ugh. Yeah, if you were to slather that on a toasty bun and then take a big old juicy of raw, red, purple, cold beef Ugh. and just kind of have your teeth bite through that little bit of lettuce a which raw was harvested steak recently. Slathered with oh, mayonnaise. Disgusting. Oh. Just bite it, yeah. Yeah, you so know what, guys? Sounds great. <laughs> if we, if we, the thing is, like, it's fine. If we sounds encounter great. this in the wild, I'm I'm not going to fight you for it. Right. You can eat the mayonnaise-covered raw, cold meat mm. and then um, mm. have gastrointestinal problems. Well, I continue the adventure. That's fine. <laughs> I'll also have some kefir, and it'll balance mm, okay. out. How about this headline? Simulated moon dust leads to cell death and DNA alteration, study says. A new study suggests that moon dust can be damaging to DNA. So we're going to go straight to Mars. Skip over the moon. Skip it. Straight to Mars. Skip it. We start building brick structures, airtight. Damaging to DNA. Wait, wait, wait. Is there any more on that? Can you read anything else? That makes sense. I can pull up the article. Yeah, would you? you, Because I'm curious about that now. TheSpaceReporter.com. Look how lots of lots of dust is uh, actually quite coarse or quite you know sharp. At its molecular level, and sometimes it's its most sharp at that level. Sometimes the geometry of a molecule is such that it is at its most violent to everything when it's really, 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 really small. Well, here you go. Yeah. Do you want to read some of this? Oh, yeah, I can do or it. I can show, uh, I was you, re- you read it. You I'll have a lovely it. voice. So this, some of this, I'll summarize here. <coughs> Astronauts hoping for extended stays on the moon are going to be disappointed. Right. That's the human angle to the article. The meat of the article is that when inhaled, moon dust uh, can be problematic to health and can cause cell death and damage to DNA. Now, what does that mean? Moon dust can destroy the cells or damage DNA of people who have inhaled it. Bummer. Very small particles in the breathable range can interact directly with cells. Yeah. Uh, it's a very brief article. That's basically it. It's limited examined simulated moon dust, so it's not even actual moon dust. And I'm sure they're simulating it. Simulations. Simulations is a good topic. It's a vast topic. Because that doesn't make any fucking sense. Who cares? Think about this. People are constantly simulating other shit. Think about how. Why wouldn't reality be a shit? Think about how the playa feels, right? It's not toxic. Yes, it is. Not the playa to me. is toxic, regardless <laughs> of anyone's emotions toward it. To it me. has a toxic effect on receptors and organic bodies. It, I don't know, is. man. It feels like life shampoo. I, I don't know. Sure. The thing is, lots of soaps are toxic. Well, lots of things are toxic that we love. Like, I wouldn't right? want to be there for 10 months. It's not the months. only bad quality in a substance, yeah. right? It's not like the, it's not a total lose. It's a degree of toxicity. Well, some of that is because, like... The, it makes the playa a horrible place to live. I mean, let's be real. It takes a lot of human effort to make that place wonderful, and humans are amazing for doing it. 
And that's a lot of the point. But it, we pick it because it's a horrible place. It doesn't even, it can't support a bug. Yeah, not Like, not, not one without humans and all that caravan. No, it'd die. The, the place is toxic, and that's why nothing lives there. Well, there was the one year that had all the bugs. And then, you know, the ones that made it out, made it out. And yeah, everybody else died. Well, all the bugs died. But there was a late bloom in the, in the there was some rains. And so there was like, bug, they were taking photos of bugs all over camps oh, and yeah. stuff before I got there. And they're like, oh, no, bugs. But Re- Rebecca was like, oh, no, bugs. And I was like, they'll be gone by the time we're there. And they were all gone. Yep. It was all death. But they were there. Yeah. No, people passed through. Right. So it just means like the moon's like a rougher playa. All right, let's party right? there. It's, a, it's, a, it's just, well, you know, maybe we really got to party indoors when we're on the moon. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's like you're in the dome you only. Build, well, there's making several domes. You yeah, know? You're, but you're not like out on the trash fence. No, 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 no. Well, not unless you got your suit on. on. Yeah, you get but you got to make sure, and it's on you if your suit breaks and you inhale moon dust and everything That's the sucks. Desert. I mean, it's yeah. like, you might get some people probably get a little bit of moon dust on purpose, right? They're like they just want to feel that pain. I think some people would. I'm Some people would. probably would. There probably people would probably die from it too. Well, I might just tap a little on my forehead or something. Yeah, like that. you know, rub it in the beard, maybe. Maybe there's a little bit that's cool, right? But yeah, it's just a just rougher appreciating playa. dying on the moon. If Burning Man moves to dying the on the moon, and there were giant domes that Burning Man could just have on the moon instead, then we could, you know, the moon dust would replace the playa dust and toxicity. Yeah. The thing is, though, the moon dust is next level, though. That's like. Well, yeah. he said that it's toxic to cells. Yeah, so it's more toxic than the playa. The playa is pretty damn toxic. In the sense of, like, you know, it can't support a single bug long Well, you long don't know term. if it's more yeah. toxic or not, right? You don't know. Well, there's no air on the moon, so that's a big problem, too. Yeah, right. <coughs> that's my favorite, oxygen. Yeah. Send some robots to Mars. Then we start doing the terraforming. That takes 50 to 100 years, at which point we're fully ready to move in. We just move in to a new condo space, you know? Yeah. Just like On Mars. That's what it would be. Just like this, like 10 by 20. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's windy. Here's your spot. It's because the terraforming is still going like that. So it's going to be another 10 years of windiness. Yeah. Because things are still settling. But basically, you can, you know, the air is breathable and you can live and do stuff. The thing is, just getting the air breathable, that's not a small feat. No. You just need massive That would probably farts. take 50. That's what's going to take longest. That's going to take 50 years of just 50 to 100 years of just mining and processing you got using a, robots. Got a big production, too, because the thing is, Jupiter steals yeah. atmosphere from Mars every year. You know, we've all seen we've all seen Jupiter. Total Recall, so we know how the science. Right. Right. That movie is very okay. accurate. It's, there's just a reactor and you just start the reactor and you have air on Mars. In like no big two deal. minutes, two and a half minutes. Take a couple no, big old breaths. It would probably be robot miner stations that would set up, dig, and process what they dug up for, you know, 50 years. And, and just yeah, pumping. Feeding, feeding those in organic structures that would process them into finer things. AKA yeah. pooping yeah, and farting. Yeah. Establishing photosynthetic organisms and CO2 in the, uh, in the atmosphere. And it would take, I mean... It would take a long time, but imagine how awesome that would be. I'd bring Things chickens. Can go wrong because you, you know? could just do it. Then you just you know you can do it to any Goldilocks zoned world. It's like a, gra- a grab and go solution. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we we'll go there. Set up a new Earth. Mars. Done it before. Oh yeah, we would learn a lot. Well, 
long as we can stay alive long enough to cooperate long enough to get there, which I think that's is definitely the, that's possible. That's trick. I, I fear sometimes about that, but like, you know, the, the constant TV show of our lives now in Western America and the uh, late capitalism near the summer of 2018, there's a strange land afoot and uh, it's confusing and there's like all this good, amazing, amazing things and all these like nightmarish terrors all happening simultaneously. It's a very human story. <laughs> so like maybe the golden age includes like recognizing the horror and uh, acknowledging and compartmentalizing. Yeah, the there's always going to be horror. But you can't like not have the you can't pretend you can't just throw it into prison and have it get finished and better and better and then release. It's like you have to do something else. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it. People have to move on. Yeah. Well, the yin and the yang says that we cannot operate without the other and that inside each of us is the other. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a good. You know, that is a very that's a very much a system, a symbol and yeah. system of uh, cosmology. Well, a successful system at that. Yeah. I'll say. And it's funny because Buddhism lines up like point for point with the whole simulation hypothesis, right? It does. You're sort of trying to live your best life, and if you fail to live the perfect life, you go back on the wheel and reincarnated, and you come back as something else, Hmm. retaining some of your previous history. Eh. That's Buddhism, right? I mean, not there's not all Buddhism. I'm being very pithy about it. That's some of the Retraction, regret, you know. You've been retransmuted. I think that one of the reasons that Buddhism sounds to us like in the same territory as discussing the world as a simulation is because Buddhism is good philosophy and psychology. Yes. Um, And so the human mind, no matter how we define external reality, I definitely am flying a simulated sensory experience. Like, even if I'm going to be like a very literal material reality guy, and I'm not convinced, but if I were right, to, right. I still am simulating the world in my brain. It's quite literally sure, a sure. simulation. Yeah. You can only right. see yes. with your yes. eyes. And so, know. the kind of the, the good tactics. Your reality is your reality. My reality is my reality. They're yeah. totally different. But, you know, but at the, at the same time, there's like, there's ways of having an adventure with a mind that tend to work for. Some people and not others. People have different ideas about it, but like I think Buddhism speaks to a good or a pro, uh, accumulated thought to be good mind practices that would be good no matter which direction your journey went, and some thoughts about where journeys typically go, etc. Mm. But it's I think it, I think it definitely um, well I guess at certain times when I've been in the pit, um, Buddhism has been the only major belief system that had the courage to look at the pit with me and just sit with me and look at it and go, yep, it's that bad. Yep. Yes, suffering Makes exists. Sense. Sorry. Yep. Not and even sorry, though. Not just not the, even the sorry. Just, yes, suffering exists. Look at, look at full in the face. And, and also, you know, the practice of what learning means, learning in an uncertain world, learning in a, in a place where the past and the future are imaginary. What is it, you know, what can a human being achieve? What's a good thing to achieve? And how... Even through all that mix, like love cuts through it all. What's a good thing to achieve? That's a great question. Um, and and compassion becomes the thing that brings the monk back to the world, that turns the shaman back to the village. Mm. 
He goes, oh, I know how it is not to know. Oh, they should know. It would be better. I'll go. I'll go. Even though it's weird. And I think we all do that for each other. Yeah, shaman's pretty cool. I agree with all, everything you said, too, by the way. It's really interesting to see the, the Buddhist monks go across East Asia, and ce Central Asia especially to me, because in Central Asia they make friends with all kinds of pagan nomads in, like, Tuva, for instance, who uh, find it perfectly sensible, who are, like, really big fans of Buddhism and have abandoned none of their religion at all mm -hmm. and see no conflict. Mm -hmm. And they build Buddhist shrines, and they're like, oh, yeah, he was a great shaman, st clearly straight from the gods, because he said all this amazing stuff that really helps with life. This is and that was the proof, yeah. you know, right, right. In, right in. And the fact that people had thought to pass it on, they also thought was lovely. So they can re return that compassion and pass on the good words. That's cool. But they didn't. Yeah. It, it was all wrapped into their stories and the way they thought about life. Mm. And when the monks taught it to them, they didn't say, like, oh, your version is bullshit. They said, here's a story. We made it just for you. It's a fake story, but we made it for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it would be all charactered with their stuff. Right. Mm. Is um, that like skillful Very convincing, means? very persuasive. And I liked how they didn't claim the story was true. To me, that was a big deal about the simulation. People make it true on their own. Right. A myth will, a myth's more true. Think than about Moby Dick. I mean, that might as well be a true story, even though it's a fiction. It was made up. But we refer to it as like something that which never happened, but always happened. do. Yeah. Luke and Leia, yeah. and right? They could be all real. Of course, Ooh. Vader. You know. Here, here's a great one. I'll, I'll share this one from 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 Siddhartha. So, people come up to him and they go, "So, all right, so he's, they go, you're you're a wise one. You're you're Buddha, which means enlightened. Like, okay, so you're enlightened. Fine." I got some questions, and I think they're fair questions about reality. Um, for instance, when they're asking Siddhartha, yeah, yeah, they're asking him. They're asking the Buddha, like, okay, so since you're enlightened, all right, let's go. Where does the world come from? And the Buddha's like, oh, I'm paraphrasing. Of course, I don't know how he executed it, so I'll just do my best. Uh, uh, Herman has he executed says, his well, interpretation. Of it. Uh, you're asking the wrong question. And the guy's like, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm asking the wrong question? It's a good question. It's a fair question. It would help me understand what's going on now. If only I could understand where people really came from, how it really went, then I would know what to do next. I would have like the, the, the sensible, real history to work from. And the Buddha says, you're asking, the real the wrong, history. you're asking the wrong question. And he's like, here, it's like a man walking along with his friends on a road and then he gets shot with an arrow straight through the chest but it's through a, like a semi-critical part of the chest like if you could get him to the doctor he'd probably make it but if not he's gonna bleed out and all of the friends are wondering what to do including and they're like okay we got to get you the doctor i know this guy in this town and we'll go this fast on this horse and okay we're gonna make it happen uh you try to cauterize the wing and they start trying to help him and he's like no who shot me right and they're like, yeah, I, I want, I'm wondering that too, but I'm really trying to save Let's your life right now. Let's get you to the hospital. And, and he's like, no, no, no. We're not going anywhere until we figure out who shot me with an arrow. It's all trying to look around in the bushes. Mm. He's trying to, he's yelling, who shot me with an arrow? And they're like, you're asking the wrong question. We got to get you to the hospital. <laughs> Afterwards, let's worry about that. 
if at all, you know. <laughs> and I thought that was great. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Cool. Well, hey, watch out. In the sense that a lot of we can learn lots from learning to be good to ourselves and each other. Right. And sometimes it's unclear yes. what all of us are sort of in an existential sense shot out of a canon of the world. We don't know why we're here. Mm. We have to make it up as we go along and or just decide. And it's a huge responsibility. And it's a uh, and a lot of times it's an unwelcome and I mean, you know, you didn't ask for this responsibility. No, 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 no. I, sometimes I feel like it's Maybe the sport of the gods. Right. It's like how they prove themselves to each other is like by incarnating as literal beings. Going like, you could you could do it like this. And the other's like, no, you can't. Oh, okay. It's working out. That's a way of thinking about it. I like that. That's fun sometimes. These are good metaphors, you know? And that's fun because there's like, it's un, we don't have a limited space in creating new metaphors in that way. And so I'm like, oh, you think about it this way, think about it that way. Yep. Like enriches the just, thought. Just like those Central Asian pagans going, oh, yeah, Buddhism. Totally. That's yeah. great. Oh, man, that's really improved my life. You now sit on the shelf with many grand things. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know. There used to be a, well, there still kind of is a more dominant kind of one thinking kind of way looking at stuff. A lot of historians have spoken things about them that they don't usually speak about themselves. Every day, you wouldn't say, you know, all the time back and forth. Mm. So, yeah, like monotheisms, you know, kind of going around doing stuff to other people, basically, <laughs> you know. That also worked out for the king, but was basically for God, you know? Well, mm. yeah. God's the king's PR. It's all part of the same right. spiel. Right. It gets hairy. And then a lot of people get caught. In fact, there are probably tens of thousands of people who were born this past week who that's what they're going to be raised in fully. Oh, yeah. Mm. But birds learn to fly, though. Birds do learn to fly. They and just they do. do. I mean, lots of birds do. <laughs> Maybe okay, they don't not fly all birds, great, but you know, most birds. Most they don't birds. fly great, but you know, most hu- I would say most human beings. Bust all the birds out. that know what's good for them learn to fly. Now, whether or not they can affect their physical circumstance in the way that they want is this whole different thing. But I think that most human beings wake up. Well, the fact over that you have over. a perfect book full of contradictions is like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that that stuff. Oh, it's like a. I'm trying to remember who said it now. Um, this is great quote. Uh, <clears throat> I think this comes to me third hand. Um, and it's basically if if you want if you want a real man of action, find an ignorant one. Uh, if you want a world conqueror, find a little man who has never left home. That's your guy. Mm. And yeah. the sense that ignorance is what breeds simplistic ideas like that in the sense of like yeah. if you knew more people who are on the outside of that little I'm the rebellion and that's Darth Vader dichotomy if you knew more people it would become a more complex scenario and that simple idea wouldn't work anymore and you'd have to think of a better one Yeah, but it's like it, the, the book burning is essential to Nazism the, right. the cutting off the conversation is or to communism or any other totality like that or you know that there's Chinese emperors who do it. There's there's Christian bishops who do it. There's all kinds of people who have done that. 
and purged the tried to purge the record. And yeah. made everything worse. You know, there's a lot of people that say that Western culture is basically a baby of monotheism and that we sort of owe Western liberal values to monotheism. And I'm like, you know, I don't know, man. I think I it's definitely that. part of no, the story. No, it's pluralism. Yeah. Because think about Thomas Paine and the Founding Fathers. They were all about, we want to get away from the religious persecution and establish our own bullshit over here. Yeah. But then they were like, yeah, you can't be different, though, because like, but ours well, is the best, Of course, they were though. like that, yeah. But then they had churches down the street from some other church that was different, and they gave each other weird looks, but then later they hung out, and so life evolved. And none of them paid taxes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they had the Protestants and the... Uh, the, the um, of course, there's horrible... What's the story? That, that, that town where everyone's... Everyone's chummy. Everyone would defend the town, but they're different faiths. Totally disagreeing, totally coexisting. That's cool. Yeah. That's kind of the responsibility that of was people. Like, that was like, oh, yeah, that's why we are even here in the wilderness. It's because we wanted the freedom to exp- to practice our own religions. Mm. So got to right. be cool with the guy who's next door doing his thing. You do. Especially if they're not, like, hurting that's like an easy measurement. Like, are they harming them s- others? Like, even if they're harming themselves, it's like none of your business exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, a tough. Free to harm themselves. Yeah. I think if we're trying to control, yeah. that's the whole thing about the drug war. I think you got to let go of the drug war. Oh, absolutely. Because people should be able to do, should. Well, hell yeah! It'd be cool yeah. if everyone just had full autonomy. Uh, do what they want with they're, their bodies. They're a dictator. You're a dictator over your body. Which I think would be, it's weird that that's not true, but we try to mitigate that because humans are really powerful. Yes. And, and humans can do really dark, terrible things. the government's trying to get all up in your shit. Sometimes. Yeah. And it's also that the, you have the, the business-government hybrids well, they're, that they're are really dangerous. they're in your, your, your relationship of love. Oh, right? Yeah. They're and up the, in well that. they destitute how we treat, you know. Yeah. She's my property. What the fuck? And right. If you read the fine print what? Right. of right. marriage, she technically is my property. That is a preposterous old law. It is, pre- it is preposterous, subsumed. but it does have value. It did one at one time have value. It meant economic, like you, you had to like the take care process, of them economically. The thought process is also to you nail can you sort down of that one spot. You can empathize with the thought process, which is we're going to incentivize men and women to get together and have sex so that they have children who will uh, basically up the GDP and re-contribute to society. Be be responsible citizens. That's the assumption, and that's how marriage came about. Yeah, it's also a desire. For I mean, in in Mer- you know in America, yeah. but uh, I don't know how I feel about marriage actually. So it's, it's an interesting topic. One. Yeah, it is, and I'm even married, and it's like you know it is a complicated thing. I think it's like if you could be married it. without the government, like let's say yes, yeah. we're, we got for married sure. in this pagan ritual, and hey, check it out, IRS. We we do get the benefits, but yeah. I don't need a license from you to say that I'm married. Right. I can just declare that. Yeah, if it, the it judicialness went the other way. Yes, like you provided them with. You what provided they them. To you know. told them what's up. Not yep. that I would prefer that. Yeah, not you need a marriage license. Yeah, it's like, like driving what? a car. It's like having a motorcycle or driving a car. Yeah, having a wife. Same deal. That's not. It doesn't make sense to no. today's make sense. life. The new golden age will do away with such ideas. I like that. Because they will be sent up into the free marketplace of ideas where people will be thinking about new ways of thinking about ideas. Idea sex, yeah. 
and it'll be idea sex, an idea orgy, global idea orgy. And I think, you know, we could have a new enlightenment, a new renaissance, where it's like, yeah, holy shit, yeah, it really is all in our minds. Well, right, the, the original enlightenment was like humanism, you know, a very kind of human-centered universe. And I think we'll transcend even the physical part of that and just say, yeah, well, the physical stuff is great. It's just our mindset. Our mindset up, matters a lot that. more than we have taken into consideration. Maybe. That's just yeah. my... Yeah, I think... Me I think, talking. Uh, I think it'll be a, a hilarious, like, enduring thing where human beings continue to develop in their minds and appreciate what their minds do for the world, but, like, the mind won't be able to live without the world. The world won't be able to live without the mind in some weird way. Like, I think that consciousness is going to be, is, is here to stay. The greatest, problem, the greatest problem of our age. Conscious, I think consciousness is like an inevitable, con, is an inevitable outcome of physical reality. You think rocks are slightly conscious? I think that because of how rocks are, we end up being. Inevitable outcome of evolution of, of organic molecules? Yeah, it, like, okay. it, we are, we're converging greater and greater complexity, and not just complexity, but greater and greater efficient function greater consciousness over time yes and that's and that's really hopeful you know here's a here's a fun little one i, I we discovered fire day. and we we learned how to harness it and then our brains went whoop to yep. twice the size so maybe there's another you oh, know yeah. many we'll infinite number of steps that thing. that are the same thing right and that will will grow and in we're here. right now on the cusp of it that's pretty it's cool. gonna be like 2020 boop and maybe we can accelerate our our brain expansion anyway yeah, i didn't yeah, mean to no, derail you no it's great and it was not a derail mm. i hope this is well uh, i i also think we're participating in it yeah by by saying it like mm. it's, it, we're doing the thing so here's a fun one hour and 40 pause uh stop recording we've had a glitch in the system the matrix has dropped <laughs> that's okay Simulate the universe is affecting the expanding universe. That makes sense. Right. Like some other boom going on over there is affecting this boom. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a big deal. Because then it's no longer just a literal single universe, but now we've detected something else on the horizon. Mm. Or that there's a shape that suggests that there's some other bang out there. Or something else. That's an interesting one because you know how they talk about the universe is like the current major theory is that it's just going to expand out into a, a disk of super boring dust and that's it. Well, I heard there was two competing major theories. So the one that's winning currently is this one. It's won resoundingly in official literature for 20 years, but it's all theoretical literature and there's always a minority saying the other thing in various ways. But it's won, it's won lately, right? But with this cosmic background radiation shift, it's it's interesting because like, what's the thing that brings stars together? They're big dust clouds, mm -hmm. and they get nudged, and then they start over. And they blow up, and then yeah, and it begins again. So it's like it, the universe might not need
Yeah. So. Wow. Welcome back for the back. third time. <coughs> That's yeah. the story on moon dust and everything else. Shamanism, moon dust. So we appreciate everyone for sticking with us here. A little uh, just internet kind of closes off sometimes. Sometimes the wind is too much for it here in Crockett. It's a windy day, you know. We've been covering the forecast, but you know. So Did you want to do your? Maybe your sound's good again. Or um, is that too? Uh, is that too gauche? Gauche, gauche to do it, to again? Do it twice. Well, I do want I do want to play it for you. I'm excited to hear what he thinks. Maybe it's worth to get his reaction. I think so. Okay. Let me close it out like that. All right, let's close it out with that. Okay.
Wow, it's quite a journey. It's great. Cool. That's yeah, very feel, well orchestrated. Well, thank you. Yeah, I feel really good about that one. I that mean, took about three hours on Wednesday. It's mm. like, I, I feel like you could probably, you know, with, a, with future rounds, you could add, like, other parts that would support the main narrative, but I feel like the narrative's there. Like I, it definitely needs went, lyrics. I went along with it. Hmm. I, I, it had, it sort of had different modes. I liked it when it, earlier instrumentation returned, and I, oh, here's the big synth again. Okay, and then oh, here's the thing. Right. I can't tell if it's a violin or a voice. And then yeah, here's that was cool. the yeah, and that yeah. flute choice was interesting. Like cool. oh, he's just going for a flute here. Interesting yeah, there were, choice. There were definitely some like, Interesting choice. whoa, that is a strange instrument choice. There's actually then, no flute at all in that. What was that high? Uh, it's a ancient Chinese instrument. Oh, okay. It's called. Called the, the flutey. Yeah, it's like the urhu. Sound like a flute. Yeah. It's, it's a stringed thing. instrument. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe we're talking about different parts. Yeah. I like that. Was, thank you. I like it, it too. It was fun. I'm like, I want to put lyrics on it. Feels like there needs to be some screaming and some rapping, but gosh, huh. what a tall order! You know? That's a lot. Screaming and rapping separately. There's no. This isn't a comedic song, right? There are no yeah. jokes in this one. I, don't, I think well, I want to keep this yeah, song. It's, it's more like a. It's more serious. You see it for a soundtrack or something. Yeah, something yeah, like video yeah. game, something like that. Yeah. Serious part. But yeah, I like it. I think it's cool, and I think I'd be open to artistic additions or. You know, vocal lines, or you know, I don't know. It's hmm. like just a thought. So, let's like let's cool let's uh, close the podcast with that awesome positivity. Any final words from our guests? Of course, people, if they're going to reach you and they want to like send you messages and tell you what awesome you are, how would you like them to do that? I like you reach me on my Facebook. Cool. What's uh, that? I don't have it clearly memorized. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Facebook. I'm Evan Jenks. All right. That works. Um, guest speakers. That's one of my bands that we're all yep. in. Mm -hmm. You find the guest speakers. I will come get weird in person and loud and awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's there's ways to find us for sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I have a letter from the management. Oh, okay. Uh oh. Great. I'd like to read this. Uh, geez, where to start? Okay. Uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, you will pop, plop, be cut, or be pushed into an arena of uncertainties, crowded with cruelty and kindness, cruelty and kindness and cutthroats, and psychic calluses building. By painful degrees, you will mature in a broken system full of old rules and through the din of the jeers of shame you may come to know something important previously obscured experience a moment of unalloyed contentment or find another with whom to share orbits until tears from your aged ducts you having no memory of their cause or precedent obey gravity and wend the runnels of your face and soak into the last pillowcase in a faint blossom that will dry up before the nurse arrives. Thank you for your cooperation in this matter, <laughs> and we apologize for any inconvenience <laughs> this may cause. The management. Wow. Okay. Great. Thank you. 
So that's your that's your summary of life from the management. There it is. Thanks for Individual listening. Individual results may vary. Yes. <laughs> of yes. course, if you would Void like to contribute in some to this podcast, you're very welcome to do so. You know, one of the ways you can do that is you can go to patreon.com and you can go to Empathy and Imagination on that Patreon website. And what you can do is you can go ahead and donate money if that's the kind of thing you'd like to do. If you don't want to do that, that's totally fine. You can go to YouTube and you can go, hey, pff, give him a thumbs up or a question, you know, comment. Hell, leave us a voicemail. Something. You're doing great. We're proud of you. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> proud of you. Proud of you. There you go. Proud of you. Bye bye. That was fun. Good night. Transferring to server. Transferring to Lord YouTube.